Okay, you guys excited to be here? I want you guys to know, again, my name is Jory Henderson. My husband, Matt, and I, we are the associate and worship pastors here at City Lights. And this is my first time preaching ever, 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 ever. So, ushers, lock the doors. Don't let anyone out, all right? Just a little joke, but seriously, don't leave, okay? Because that would hurt my heart. Um, <laughs> that was for you, Pastor Don. Let's see I was thinking about the first time that I ever led worship for the first time, and it was a real um, special moment in my life, and I'll tell you why. So I was leading worship. I was super nervous, um, much how I am right now, and uh, I was leading worship, and I decided, okay, I'm just going to, because I'm so nervous, I'm just going to sit down, and I'm going to lead worship sitting down, playing the keyboard, and that particular Sunday, I was wearing a skirt, so on a really high stage. So I don't know if you know where the story's going. But anyways, I was like, and, and I was nervous. I was shaking as I was playing the keys. And um, I was like, but I could feel the presence of God and people were engaged. It was at this Methodist church. And I was like, okay, all right. Like we are going somewhere this morning, right? And so I was so excited. I felt like, okay, God, you did something so awesome. And then a friend of mine pulled me aside and said, hey, so next time you lead worship, maybe don't wear a skirt because we could see like, um, more than probably you wanted to reveal during that moment. So I don't have a skirt on. I have these trusty, sturdy pants, right? And Jesus is in the house and we're gonna have fun and we're gonna hear that from him this morning because that's who we ultimately really wanna hear from, right? We wanna hear from Jesus. So let's just pray. Jesus, thank you, God, that we are gonna hear from you. That our eyes and our ears and our hearts would be open to you, God. Father, that you would just calm every part of us right now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that that, Father, that in this time, that that we would walk out different than we came in. That if we walked in uh, just discouraged, God, that we walk out with hope. And because we've encountered you, we've we've come in and we've um, felt discouraged, God, that we would leave with joy, and the hope of who you are and who you say you are and who you say we are. So God, we love you and we thank you for this time. And we give you all of the honor and all of the glory in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So, you know, we've been going through our core values and one of our core, core values is to serve wholehearted. But today I'm actually gonna share about living wholehearted so that we can serve wholehearted, okay? Because that's important. And, and wholehearted is being whole, um, in our body, and our soul, and our spirit, and that our hearts are fully alive and fully engaged in every area of our life, right? We want that in our life so that we can run the race set before for us and we can finish well. And here at City Lights, we want that for you. We want that for the leadership. We want to be able to sustain the call on our life, right? We need that. And we want to serve others. That's important. We want to do that. But we also need to take time to look inside and ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts to see if there's areas in our life that need to get healed, that we need to be whole in so that we can finish that race strong, okay? So that's what we're going to be talking about. So are y'all ready to just dive on in? Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, and I actually like interaction, so it actually makes me really nervous when you're this calm, okay? See my hand? Okay, all right. But don't be super distracting because then that would make me even more nervous. Okay, it's okay. Okay. All right, so number one, and then we're, oh, 
what I wanted to say is that we're gonna be looking at the examples of Jesus and how he was wholehearted. He was wholehearted in so many different ways, but today we're gonna look at four different ways that he was wholehearted and then how we can apply that in our own life, okay? So number one, um, a way that Jesus um, was wholehearted was he rested and he played. And we're just gonna look at the Greek definition here for rest. It means to cease, to be refreshed, to settle down, and to abide. Man, just hearing that word abide, just that word just makes me just go, oh God, I just wanna abide, I wanna spend time with you. And, and looking at Jesus, you know, in, in Mark 1.35, he was out preaching, um, he was out teaching, he was healing the sick, casting out demons, and he was tired, right? And what does it say in Mark 1.35? And by the way, if it says TPT, that means the Passion Translation, that's the one I'm using. It says, the next morning, Jesus got up long before daylight, left the house while it was dark, and made his way to a secluded place to give himself to prayer. So we even see in his, his example that when he poured out, he needed time to get recharged. He needed time to get refueled for his next assignment, assignments from the Father. Another scripture we see where Jesus rested was um, in Mark 4:38. You know, they, there was this big, massive storm, and the, the disciples were all freaking out. And where was Jesus? It says in Mark 4:38, it says, Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So his disciples are like, ah, I'm freaking out. And he's asleep, just resting. And he did. Now, he did eventually calm the storm, right? But he also knew how to sleep through it. Yeah? And that's important for us because, you know, there's going to be times in our life where things are going to be pulling at us. There's going to always be those to-do lists. There's always going to be um, people, frantic people in our life saying, this has to get done. You know, there's always going to be those things. But we also, just like Jesus, need to take that time to rest and get recharged in him. And even though there's going to be all those things pulling for us, we have to take that time. Um, also rest, you know, it's a 10 commandment. It says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now, Kurt shared last week that we ultimately need to rest in him, right? All the time. We want to find that rest in him, but we also do need a day of rest. We need that. Seriously, our, our souls and um, our souls and our bodies, they crave it. Whether we think so or not, we need that. And it's also by taking rest in our life, it's setting an example for the next generation, you know, you think, what kind of torch am I going to pass down to my children, my children's children? Is it going to be this torch of burnout and busyness? Or is it going to be this torch of teaching them how to uh, live the life that God's called them to and be able to sustain that, right? We want that. We want that example. So, um, you know, in our society, I think rest is looked at as weak and lazy, and busy is seen as this like badge of honor. You know, and it's almost like we one up each other, like how busy we are. It's like, you know, you ask someone like, hey, how are you doing? Oh yeah, well, I haven't slept in three days because I have so much to do, you know? And then the other person's like, oh really? Well, I haven't used the bathroom in a week because I had a deadline to meet. And it's like, you know, it's like, and then you like one up each other and it's just like, man, it's almost like, you know, and the more you do, the more important you are, man. When was the last time you actually heard someone say like, hey, how are you doing? Man, I feel refreshed. I feel recharged. I feel like I'm walking in the glory of God. Like, you know, it's like, when was the last time we heard that? And I think sometimes, you know, we even shame people that feel that way, that have that refreshment and that, and that joy in their lives, really because we're craving it, right? And um, 
you know, I think we will say things like, well, I wish I had that luxury. Wish I had that time in my life. Wish I, you know, we just kind of shame these people. And it's like, no, that's actually a healthy way to live, to live a life of being refreshed. And I'm not, I'm not saying, um, let me go all, where am I? I'm right here. Okay. Well, I wanted to say this. I think sometimes we get our significance through our work and busyness instead of our identity in Christ. Yeah? It's easier to be busy than it is to abide. Ouch. Yeah. And I'm, I want to say this too, that busyness is not all bad. Okay, we see that in the scriptures. Jesus was busy healing his sick. But it's when, and I've had busy weeks. I know we've all had those, those weeks that are busy. It's when um, the busyness is not, doesn't have healthy boundaries or rest incorporated in that. That's when it becomes unhealthy. And I also want to say something too, that laziness and entitlement is not healthy either, but that's a whole nother message for a whole nother time, okay? So I'm not going to get into that this morning. So I do voices and I think it helps me. So I don't know what they are and I don't even know what they are coming out of me. So there you go. Okay, so rest is good, right? We Rest is good. And it may mean when we take that day of rest, it may mean like physical rest. Kurt mentioned that last week. But it also means taking time to play and to laugh, taking time to do things that we love. You know, we think that, you know, Jesus is this, here it comes. Jesus is a serious God and he's just so like, <laughs> no, he's like this joy-filled savior, you guys. And he also talked to us about being like little kids, and to laugh, and, and kids are so great about that, about laughing and playing, aren't they? We could learn a lot from our kids. And we need to take time to do the things that we love. It's actually healthy, it's important to do that. Kurt, he likes to climb 14ers, and he just recently jumped out of a plane, which I think is like the most terrifying thing I will never do in my life, but for him, that's fun, and that's great, okay? Some people craft, again, that's something I don't do, um, but some people love to fish, right? I love to bake. I love to go to the mountains. I love to do all that. It's good. And it's good to ask yourself like, man, what do I like? When was the last time I actually asked myself that? What do I like to do? And I think sometimes we lose sight of the things we enjoy doing because of busyness in life. Or we feel guilty almost for doing something that we, that we like and for ourselves. And we have to schedule in playtime. You know, we do it for our kids. We need to do it for ourselves. We need to take time to do that. And, you know, we may think like, man, well, I just don't have time for rest and play. I don't have that in my, in my schedule to, to carve out. But listen, there have been numerous studies, and specifically one study by Dr. Brene Brown. She studied wholehearted people. And she said that people that rest and play are way more productive in their, in their work and in their lives they have way more creativity, so they're like coming up with new ideas. They also have more joy and more peace in their life. Okay, this is not just, uh, well, something Jory says. This is, this is, these are studies that have been done, and it's important. Um, if you're not taking a day of rest and play, listen, there's no condemnation, but I just would encourage you to do that and start taking one, because it's not gonna just, it's not just to honor God, it's really a blessing for yourself and it's a blessing for the people around you. And laughter is a key in all of this, right? Um, I want y'all to look at this, um, this quote from Time Magazine. It says, 
Laughter changes the body's chemistry, both raising hormones responsible for happy feelings and lowering stress-related hormones. When we laugh, we have less inflammation in our bodies, improve blood flow, and may improve certain neural activity, leading to improved memory. Who doesn't want that? Man, I want that, right? Like, it's important to take time to laugh. And I think about Benny Johnson. She is Bill Johnson's wife. Um, they are the senior pastors of Bethel Church in Reading. And she was going through all of this, um, this sickness in her life. And she was super discouraged. She became depressed. She was seeking the Lord for what um, she was to do during that time. And he says, I want you to make time to laugh. She's like, God, I don't feel like laughing. Like, this is a really hard time for me. He says, I want you to take time to laugh. And she's like, okay, if I'm gonna do this, how do I even do that? Because I don't even feel like laughing right now. I don't even feel like joy. And he says, I want you to watch the Andy Griffith show every day for 30 minutes. And she would, she would turn it on and watch, watch it for 30 minutes and she would just laugh. And it was like this medicine that she needed and it was a practical way that she could just take time to laugh. And because and, life is hard, you guys, it is hard. It is hard, and, and I'm not saying, I wanna to say too that laughter is important, but we also do need to take time to grieve and take time to mourn. Man, there's a whole nother message in that, that we do. We need to absolutely take those times so that we can, have, so we can be healed and whole. But God says also that he turns our mourning and our sorrow into joy, yeah? And he wants to take us from that place of grieving into a place of joy. Yeah, so um, I wanted to, to share with you that um, a really weird uh, road trip game that my family and I like to play. It's called the laughing game. And when things get tense, and it's usually me that's the one in a bad mood, so it's really for me, right? Am I right? Usually cranky. <laughs> so what we do in the, road, in the car is we pick the most ridiculous laughs ever. And it's usually, like I said, it's when things are tense. So it's like, okay, we need the laughing game. So we will... Um, uh, pick the most ridiculous laughs and then we will like take two minutes and we'll just start laughing. And then by the end of two minutes, like we are literally laughing so hard because of all the laughs that we've all picked and it's just so funny. So I thought we could do that. You wanna do that? Okay. You don't have to do it on your own. I'm gonna provide a video that will help you laugh. Cause I could, I could actually see the room go, ooh. <laughs> your shoulders all hunched. Okay. So let's just play this clip and let's just take some time to laugh, right? Let's just take some time to do that. So go for it, JD. <laughs> oh, I'm kind of a. He <laughs> 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 said you park your car in it. It's a spaceman. <laughs> 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 okay. Isn't that awesome? Man, my cheeks actually hurt watching that. Whew. 
Okay, so the takeaway from this, from this point that um, I want to say is that when we build in a rhythm of rest, so we can put up that slide if you want to, when we build in a rhythm of rest, play, and laughter in our lives, we can be more wholehearted like Jesus. Yeah? So number two, another way that Jesus was wholehearted was he only did what the Father did. And let's look at John 5, 19 through 20. It says, Jesus gave him this answer, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. So we see here that Jesus, he is spending time with the father. He's seeking the father for what he's supposed to do that day and abiding with him. And and we need to do the same, right? And when we seek him, he's our daily bread for what he's calling us to. And we need to stay in the grace that he's given us for the assignments he's called us to. We will finish the race strong. I think about Heidi Baker. She's a missionary from um, Africa, and she's one of my heroes. And she spends four or more hours spending time with the Lord every day. She will rest. She will play. She'll snorkel. She loves to snorkel. And, and while she's snorkeling, she'll just ask, ask the Lord, Papa, what are we going to do today? Like that childlike faith, before we like just zoom into our day, she's like taking time to ask, to ask, what are we going to do today? Who do you want me to touch today? You know, and just begin to ask him. And she needs those four hours, right? Because she's, you know, preaching to the mill in the middle of the night, declaring who he is, praying for people, seeing people healed. She's feeding thousands of kids every day. She needs that time, right? And she's able to do all that because she found the key to sustainability, which is the secret place. Yeah. We, when we go into the secret place, when we abide and we ask him, Papa, what do you want to do today? That's powerful. It's taking time to align our hearts with his heart. Um, I love this. Uh, Heidi Baker says, you can do this uh, slide. It says, in this life, we can run ourselves to exhaustion doing more and more things for God without ever understanding what he really desires from us. And I also want to say, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be like Heidi Baker and take four hours, but I want to show you that example because she's able to accomplish all of that because she's, she knows exactly what, she, what the Father's asked her to do, and she has the grace to do it, okay? Um, when we do more than what he's asked us to do, we can get tired, we can get burned out, we can get bitter, resentful of others. And we see this example with the story of Mary and Martha. In Mark 11, 38 through 41, it says, Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. Right? The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha. I love that because he doesn't condemn her, doesn't call her out. He just says, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these many distractions. Let's just say that. Pulled away by all those many distractions. Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. So see, we look in this story and Martha is upset because Mary is not doing what she is supposed to be doing or what Martha thinks she's supposed to be doing. But, Mar- but Mary was doing exactly what the Father wanted her to do. And I want to say something because I've been here. I've been the Martha. And 
no one is responsible for us feeling exhausted, overworked, used, burned out, bitter. We give that power away. We, we choose what we're going to say yes and no to. It's not someone else's fault. And maybe you're in a situation at work where you're like, there's no boundaries. And maybe it's unhealthy. And maybe you need to get a new job. But I want to say that we have the power to choose. Okay? Um, and also communicating with people around us in a kind way what our healthy boundaries are is important. We want to thrive in the rhythm of what he's called us to. And um, if you're like, man, I don't even know how to set healthy boundaries. Well, the first thing is seek him. He'll tell you what, what he wants you to do. And not just do, what he wants to do through you and in you. He wants to partner with you. It's not just do something for me. It's like, no, he wants us to come, come together with him. Um, if you're like, man, I just need some resources about boundaries. If you want to uh, pop up that slide, there's Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk is a great book on boundaries. And then Boundaries by Henry Cloud is also a great book. So those are just some great resources if you're kind of like, man, I don't even know where to start in this and how to set those healthy boundaries. Um, I have uh, lived through a burnout in my life and it was not fun. <laughs> and I thought I had to be everything to everybody. I was saying yes all the time because I loved the people I was saying yes to. And I thought because it's ministry, like this is important, I need to be doing this. Um, but it was like the perfect storm. So not only was I doing a lot, um, and I was seeking him, but I still felt like I needed to say yes. Um, you know, I'm also a mom, a wife, you know, all of that and leading a lot. And then um, on top of that, there were all these spiritual attacks going on. And I just eventually just crashed. And I had to reset I felt drained by people and I eventually lost my passion to lead others into worship, which never in my life have I ever had that happen. And it was a really, really hard time. And so I took 40 days, it was a 40 day sabbatical just to seek the Lord and kind of learn a lot of these things that I'm talking about. So this comes from personal experience. And I believe that there's power in a testimony too. So me sharing this testimony, I hope that there's breakthrough and I believe that there will be breakthrough for other people in this room. Um, but during that time, it was tough, but I went to Christian counseling. I learned that, you know, areas that I needed to forgive other people for. I, I learned how to set healthy boundaries. I learned how to rest and to play. And I gained some powerful tools that he gave me during that time that now I apply in my life. And I'm certainly not perfect, but I do feel like I'm in, heading in the right direction. And I have a new way of living my life, and it's powerful, and it's healing, and if you're maybe there, maybe you're listening to this and going, man, that's, I feel like I'm heading for burnout or, or I am there right now. Listen, I want you to, to come after the service and get prayed for, and then we'll give you some tools um, that will help equip you um, with your next steps and walking that out because we don't want anyone to be burned out. We want you to go not just be surviving, but thriving, yeah? Also, I wanna say too that if maybe burnout and you know, doing all this stuff is not maybe your issue, but maybe it's like God, you know God has asked you to do something and there's all this fear in your life, 
to step into what he's called you to. Listen, I want to encourage you this morning that whatever he's called you to, he will equip you with, he will give you the grace. And it's that first step is always the scariest, but then know that when you step, he'll give you the next step and the next step. And trust, trust him for your finances, trust him for your kids and whatever it is that he's called you to, that he will provide and he will be with you, okay? Um, So the takeaway from this is daily seeking the Father for what he wants us to do with him and through him will help us live a wholehearted life like Jesus. You guys doing okay? You good? Okay. All right. Okay. Number three, um, another way that Jesus was wholehearted was he knew who he was. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he was tired, he was hungry, and here the enemy comes and it's like, hey, just turn those rocks into, into bread and then you'll be fine. And Jesus says in Matthew 4, 4, bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. So the enemy, oftentimes it's not usually one time he comes, he comes again trying to tempt Jesus to jump off the cliff. And he's like, well, if you really are God's son, then if you jump off the cliff, then the angels will surely catch you. And then he begins to twist the scripture around because he's just real crafty like that, right? But Jesus says, Go away, enemy, for this, oh, he says, oh, you must never put the Lord to a test. And then the enemy comes back again and wants him to bow down to him. And Jesus says, go away, enemy, for the scriptures say, kneel before the Lord your God and worship only him. And at once the accuser left him and angels suddenly gather around Jesus to minister to his needs. Man, I love that. I feel like Jesus just like karate chopped the enemy. It was so powerful. Like he is like, that wasn't planned by the way. I didn't, anyways, um, so he did. I like, I look at that, I'm like, oh man, he knew who he was, he knew who the father was, he knew what the word was. Like he was like, even at his weakest, when he didn't probably feel like it, he knew who he was. Man, and I think, what are we believing? Are we letting toxic thoughts and emotions determine our reality? Or are we renewing our minds? Like in Romans 12 too, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What lies are we believing? Are we taking and constantly taking the bait of the enemy? Or do we resist it? I remember a story. Um, but it's, it was a hard, hard time in my, in my life Boaz was six months old, and um, Ava was, I think she was two, and Matt was working super late that night. We were all really sick. We had high fevers, and um, I also was struggling with postpartum depression. If any of you women have struggled with that, you'll know what that's like. It's not fun at all. And I, so I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling physically sick, and I feel alone. I feel really alone because I felt a lot of shame because I was struggling with feeling depressed. So here I am, I'm at home, and I'm getting the trash out of the kids' bathroom, and I hear the Lord say to me, who are you? And I just, I just ignore it, because I knew it was him. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> So he asked me again. <laughs> just in case you didn't hear me. (laughs) Uh, So uh, he asked me again, who are you? 
And I was like, I don't want to go there. I'm depressed. I feel alone. I feel sick. And all I heard him say again was, who are you? And so I turn and I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, because when you're sick, your eyes are all droopy. There's snot. There's just, you know, you just are not looking good. And I didn't feel good inside either. Kind of matched what my outside looked like. And I finally was like, okay. And, my, and just so you know, like as I'm looking in the mirror, my, my shoulders are like this because it just felt so achy and gross. And I said, okay. I'm a daughter of the high king. I am the healed and not the sick. I, I believe that I'm going to have breakthrough over this depression. I have joy unspeakable, full of your glory. And I just began to go on and on and on. Even though I didn't feel it, I began to declare the truth of who I was in that moment. And I literally could feel like almost like Jesus was pulling my shoulders back and reminding me, yes, that is who you are. You are not all of those things. I know you're in this season right now, but you, there is breakthrough and there's hope, and this is how I see you. Come on! Like, and maybe you're there. Maybe you're like, I struggle with that every day in my life. Or like we've been like so used to just like hearing those thoughts that it almost just is like normal. Listen, we can change the channel anytime we want. We don't have to listen to the broadcasts of the enemy. It is our choice to change the channel and to say, no, no, no. I know I don't feel it, but I know who I am because you spoke that truth over me. And I'm going to declare that truth over me, over my family, over my marriage, whatever it is, and begin to walk in that. And soon it becomes not just something we say, because it's the right thing to say, it's something we become. It's these scriptures that become who we are. Yeah? Woo, okay. Man. And I think, you know, when we deal with things like that in our life, like depression or anxiety, abuse, neglect, loss, relationship issues, self-hatred, whatever it is, what happens is we begin to numb that pain in our lives, and then we start going to things like pornography or overeating, addictions, overworking, binge shop, binge watching, whatever it is. We go to these things because we don't, we feel, we feel so much shame, and we feel so much pain, so then we hide in these things. We tuck under those things, and then we don't want to tell anyone because we feel ashamed. It's just this constant cycle. Listen, God wants us free. He doesn't want you to stay in that. And the enemy will, enemy will come in and whisper and say, say to you, yeah, you're never going to change. You're never going to get free from this. That is a lie from the enemy. That is a flat out lie. And really, the root issue of all of these things is we forgot who we are. Yeah? I mean, really, it's not those things. It's really that we've forgotten who we are because we wouldn't need those things. And as we learn more of who we are and who he is, we will begin the healing process in our life. And we will break free from these things in our lives. It is a process though. It is. It's not, it's sometimes people get healed like that and that's amazing, but it is a process to walk out with him. And man, if you're needing help in this area, again, I, 
see one of the prayer counselors afterward. We want to be able to help you. We have great Christian counselors and people that do sozo ministry, which is inviting the Holy Spirit into a memory and, and getting prayed over and all that. It's powerful. So we have resources here at City Lights that can help you start that healing process, okay? Amen? Because we want to be whole in every area of our life. We want you free because that's how he wants you to be. He wants you to be free. Listen, this is so cool. So Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she is a Christian and she's also a cognitive neuroscientist and she studied the power of thoughts. This is so fascinating. 75 to 95% of all, uh, do we have this slide? Or maybe not, maybe I'm just reading it. So 75 to 95% of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of our thought life. Wow. What we think about affects us physically and emotionally. It's an epidemic of toxic emotions. Man, and she actually studied what our thoughts look like in our brain, like and actually bad uh, memories and toxic memories. They look like toxic memories, look like barren winter trees. Wow. And then like good, um, positive, you know, flourishing thoughts look like these trees that are just flourishing and happy. Isn't that crazy? Like, like physically in our minds, that's what it looks like. And a way that we can break free from these toxic thinking is to renew our minds in his word and in his truth. So how do we break free? We begin to renew our mind. Who am I? And we are also getting to a place of thankfulness and gratefulness. Man, just even being thankful and grateful can break strongholds in our lives because we begin to take the focus off of maybe what it is and we take that focus and put it right back on him. And it's powerful. So I just want to show you this um, super quick clip because I think it's just fun. These two little girls are talking about, you need to speak some good stuff over yourself. And I think this is important. And I just want to take a minute to show you this clip. So why don't you just play that, JD? Uh-oh. Oh, look at them. Oh, that's right. Baby girl, life and death are the power of the tongue. So you need to be speaking some good things over yourself. Oh, like, I am enough, I'm smart enough, I'm talented enough, I'm strong enough, I'm good enough, I am enough. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? What? What's for me is for me. And nobody can shake, break, I take that. What? Shake, break, I take that. Woo! Shake, break, break I or take, take it. Oh, shake, break, break or take it. Everybody say it. Advice. Shake, break, or take, take it. it. Twice. Oh. Okay. Yeah, they're cute. Okay. No one can shake, break, or take it. Say it with me. Shake, break, or take it. Shake, break, or take it. Right, Gina? Shake, break, or take it. I'm going to do the body roll if you don't. Okay. All right. It's an inside joke. Um, awesome. I love that because it's just like, man, we need to see ourselves the way that he sees us, that we are these beloved sons and beloved daughters, just like Jesus. He knew who he was. I our last point in this is that um, we also need to take care of our bodies. This is physically, you know, with the food we eat, exercise, are our bodies sexually pure? Are we in, in, in relationships that are glorifying to God? If we don't take care of our bodies, you know, then it affects our thoughts, if we don't take care of our thoughts, and it affects our bodies. We're all connected. We're body, soul, and spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians 7, 19 through 20, it says, have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer for the gift of God. The Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary. You were God's expensive purchase paid for with tears of blood. So by all means, then use your body to bring glory to God. Yeah. 
So knowing our identity in Christ, renewing our minds and taking care of our bodies will help us live a wholehearted life like Jesus. Amen? All right, here's our last point, and then we're going to go into some time, some ministry time. Um, so the last point is the way that Jesus was wholehearted was he did life with others. He broke bread with his disciples. He hung out, and it was family. He also shared and was vulnerable with them when it was hard. And we see this in Matthew 26, where it says, Jesus prays. He says, sit here while I go and pray over there. He took Peter, Jacob, and John with him. However, an intense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul and deep sorrow and agony. And he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Stay here and keep watch with me. So even in this, Jesus is vulnerable with his disciples. And if he can be that, what, that's an example for us too, right? We need to be vulnerable with the people around us. We also need to take time to break bread and share the joys of our life with others too. Like we talked about taking time to play, being together. I can look in this room and I can see women that have held my hands up and have spoken truth over me when I couldn't remember. When I was at my lowest, they said, this is who you are. And if we do all those other ways that are, you know, learning how to be wholehearted, but we skip out on this one, we are going to be missing out because we need each other. We need each other to say, hey, hey, don't give up. Don't give up. You can do this. You can do this through Jesus and I'm gonna be right here with you. We need each other. And if you're feeling like, man, I don't have it in my life, you know, they talked about city groups, get involved in a city group, or maybe it's a friend you haven't connected to within a while, or maybe it's been the first time you're ever gonna take that step of being vulnerable. It's scary, right? Because you're letting people see into you. But it will be one of the best things that you can do. Find a safe person to do that with. So the takeaway from this is doing life with others and being vulnerable is a way that we can be wholehearted like Jesus. Amen? Awesome. So we're going to do something really quick. I know we're, go, we're over a little bit, but I really want us to take this time. Is that okay that we... Okay. So ushers, if you can go ahead and pass out um, these um, little pieces of paper and some pens. On one side... Let me get this. Hold on. On one side, you're going to see, it says, who I am in Christ. Remember, we talked about renewing our minds, Right? Um, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this week a scripture that, you, that he wants you to meditate on this week. And anytime a toxic thought, a memory, something comes in, I want you to begin to declare that truth, okay? And you know, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she talks about detoxing the brain and it says it takes 21 days to break a habit. Try it for 21 days. Begin to renew your mind and his word and what he says and who he says you are. Um, and then, like I said, it's not just something that it's this religious act that we just do. We actually start becoming what we're saying, right? Um, and then I want you, does everyone have one now? Is everyone good? Okay. So all of these things are really good, but I thought we could take some time to just sit with him, abide with him, and practice listening to him and hearing his voice. You know, Jesus, he speaks to us in so many different ways. It can be through a picture, through a word, through... Um, you know, whatever. There's different ways that he, he speaks to us. Obviously, if it's a condemning voice, that's not his voice. 
So take as long as you want. You don't have to even finish this today. You can even take it home later. But I want us to, I'm gonna guide you through this time and I want you to kind of get in a place where you feel comfortable. I know these chairs are like this, but try to get as comfortable as you can. And let's just, um, Brandon, if you can go ahead and put on that, that music and I want you to close your eyes for a moment, okay? If you can turn it down a little bit more, that would be great. And I want you to picture Jesus sitting right in front of you. And he's smiling at you. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. He has nothing but just this love for you, just spilling out over him and over you. And I want you, as you're looking at Jesus, I want you, it's the first question, and then you can jot down whatever he says if you want to. It says, Jesus, are there any areas of my life where I need to rest and play? And ask that just in the quiet of your minds and your heart. Let's see what he says. Once you hear, then ask him the next question in that. How do you want me to partner with you in this? Jesus, are there any areas of my life that I need to say yes to or no to? How do you want me to partner with you on this, Jesus? Are there any lies that I'm believing about myself or you or others? And what is your truth? Jesus, are there any areas in my life that I'm not glorifying you with my body? And how do you want me to partner with you on this?
And Jesus, are there areas in my life that I'm holding back from others and being vulnerable and known? Do I struggle with doing life with others? How do you want me to partner with you, partner with you on this? take time to do this you know we can do this in in our everyday life just taking time to seek him so i wanted this to be an example that we don't have to just do it here we can do it any any time in our life to just seek him and have him search our hearts so we can become more wholehearted in every area of our life so jesus i am praying even as we go home and maybe even ask these questions and sit with you maybe a little longer god that you would open us up to any areas god that maybe um, need to be healed and whole. And you're so faithful to do that. And your love covers, covers it all, God. And we come to you, God, we would, that we would ask for forgiveness, God, if we're um, in sin in any way, God, that you would lead us into that so that we can have freedom and hope and deliverance. God, thank you. Now, I just wanna pray this blessing over you. Now, may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Yeah, seal it, God, in Jesus' name, amen.